This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel described it best. We are living the whole of the Auburn experience. Whether that is random engagements that certain podcast hosts um, unexpectedly get in on, uh, in the background at least, whether that's somebody across the country with shakers just adorning every back portion of their rear view of the uh, the car that they're in, whether that's a quarterback race or however you'd like to quantify it, qualify it at its core, at its heart. The Auburn experience is all about its sports, its culture, and the Auburn family. And because it is about the Auburn family, we have to have family members here to discuss it. I am your host, Kyle Loomis, and back in saddle with me, Mr. Austin Scott. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Kyle. War Eagle to you. Um, let's hope this episode's as hot as the weather's been lately. I know you got a firsthand experience of that. but Just uh, a little bit. I, I think if we can get off to that hot of a start, then we'll be just fine. How many puns about heat and, and, and being a on lot. fire could you throw in? I mean, you know, maybe. Well, uh, now, now you've thrown down a challenge, so we'll just see. Like a spark of insanity to go with the not insanity, but of genius to go with the lightning that's striking along with the heat, all that kind of which apparently there's no such thing as heat lightning, according to James Spann, uh, is what I'm told. So if you are still subscribing to that, apparently that's incorrect. <laughs> We're not here to discuss exactly the weather, uh, but I'm sure we will mention it a few times. We are here to discuss the Auburn experience. Episode 47. Have you done your homework, Mr. Scott? Oh man! Right off the bat, throwing me on to the uh, to the cold to the fire to the fire. I was trying to get there. I got there for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So a uh, couple good ones here. One that I was like, hmm, I think I'm going to use that, but I don't know if I can justify it since he changed numbers. But number 47 for Auburn football record-setting tight end John Samuel Shanker. Yes. Although he did change to number 24. Five, I think that's that right, Kyle. That's uh, last year for his senior year. Um, however, Mr. Tommy Sheehan, the former Auburn baseball pitcher, love also it. Number forty-seven, pitched for the Tigers in the twenty twenty-one College World Series. So we gotta love that. I feel like there's a. I always say this every week, but I feel like there's another one out there that we're forgetting, uh, which you can all tell us on social media. So just you know, let me or Austin know. We'll give you the contact information at the end of the show. If you've got somebody that we should have in any sport, or if you can correlate the number 47 in any way that we should dedicate this episode to posthumous, posthumously, is that how you say it? Posthumously. Posthumous. Wow. Careful. Wow. 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 (laughs) This almost got off the rails at the very start of the show. All right. Uh, Before we go much further and, you know, go too further into the fire, there it is again. Uh, Auburn Potpourri, I want to try to get through as many of these things as we can, uh, but we probably will not. So let me go ahead and start us right off at the top. I know one of the more prominent things on people's mind is yet another good recruiting weekend for Auburn football. Brand new commitment, TJ Lindsay across the defensive line, the second of this cycle for the 2024 class. We've done a video with all the information that you need to know about him, but let's give some reaction here. Mr. Scott, what you got about TJ Lindsay being an Auburn Tiger? Yeah, another blue chip guy that the staff has pulled off. Um, you know, despite the heat, still sounds like there's a freeze warning, Kyle. And so they're uh, TJ Lindsay, a defensive lineman who who plays at IMG, but from the Midwest area, Auburn was able to fight off the likes of Texas and Texas A&M for for him. And uh, sounds super exciting. It's just 
we I feel like we talk about a recruit every week at this point on our episodes and the momentum just keeps building. Yes, it definitely does. And just the amount of defensive guys that have been brought in in such a sequence throughout this summer period has been very intriguing to see. And we're getting some great offensive guys as well. But just seeing how much that's how successful that's been in the summer has been interesting to watch. So another great addition that we're really excited to have here. And yes, he will kind of signal what we hope is some others in following weeks and weekends, probably. I believe there's another one we'll be watching this coming Saturday uh, that may or may not commit to the Tigers. We will watch eagerly. But for this one, Mr. TJ Lindsay, we are happy to have you and excited to have you as part of this Auburn family. On that note, let's discuss the bad side of recruiting. We all sat on social media, literally smashing the refresh button every second we got on a Saturday evening, hoping, waiting for probably what would have been the highest ranked recruit probably ever for Auburn basketball, Flory Badunga. I believe I'm pronouncing that correct correctly. Not only did he break the hearts of Duke basketball fans, everybody making it seem like he was going to go to Auburn, he, in the 11th hour, apparently switched over to the Kansas Jayhawks and did not commit to the Auburn Tigers. A heartbreaker, Austin. Were you shocked? Reactions to that news? Uh, a little shocked. I mean, it certainly seemed like, um, you know, all the whatever you want to call them, crystal balls, predictions, the things of people who pay attention to this much more than we do, <laughs> uh, were rolling in uh, for Auburn over the last week. Um, and so, you know, I, I think this game, this game that he was committing at was part of some All-American thing and was delayed. And I just happened to flip over to it at, at literally the exact time they said, we're going to go to Flory Badunga for his college announcement. And I was like, well, this could not have been better timing. And obviously he puts on the Kansas hat. Um, so, so, yeah, what I'm surprised. hearing here is you are at fault because he, you know, like that correlation, it's hard to ignore there. You tune in and then all of a sudden he goes to the wrong school. That's what I'm hearing. Sure. Whatever. Okay. I'm tr- Listen, I'm trying to cope with what I had to deal with. Not, it's not like I had a video ready to roll the second he committed. <laughs> it's not like I spent the morning getting <laughs> notes together. Nothing like that happened. No way would a guy with a YouTube channel ever do something like that. The biggest um, loser in all this is that we don't get to say Badunga Dunks. <laughs> I wanted to say that Flory would have Badunga Dunks for the Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers, and he won't. We could have – we could – I mean, you talk about NIL opportunities. It's like the Dunkaroos cereal that Walker Kessler was on the box. We could have made our own cereal, the Badunga Dunks, and Flory would be there on the side with the face. Badunga Dunks. I'm just – There's still hope, Flory. This is my last-minute recruiting pitch. You want cereal? They don't have cereal in Kansas. This is one of those moments. You can have Badunga Dunks in Auburn, Alabama. I really don't like the amount that Badunga Dunks is coming out of your mouth right now. So we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> and Can't you hear Andy? I can hear Andy right now with Coach Sonny Smith. Woo, that's a Badunga Dunk. I hear Coach right now. I feel like I've lost this show at this point. <laughs> you would like Badunga Dunks, Kyle. Oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't like it, but I'm trying to you know keep this PG right here because I'm just – they're, All part of a healthy breakfast. But I am I am simply trying my best to behave and be a mature adult man at this point. All right, let's keep going about all of the Auburn potpourri stuff that we've got to discuss tonight. The Auburn Bass Fishing Team has won another national championship, the College National Championship run by Bassmasters. 
Uh, we just win national championships basically in everything these days. And when's the last time, Austin, that we had the Bass team win one? It wasn't too long ago, was it? Yeah, it wasn't long ago. I, it might have been, you know, fishing is one of those things kind of like golf and tennis where individuals can do well as opposed to the whole team. And so I think that definitely fishing has been one of those. But it's been recently. I know it's been when my brother was in college because he had a roommate who was on the team and we talked about it. But, um, yeah, that, that team's certainly a thing that is somewhat of a dynasty that has stayed consistently successful. So they've been on fire here for the last uh, couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. This is one of those cases where when we say we're in everything school, we truly are because it's not just the fact that we're celebrating, you know, going to a final four, a national championship in football. We celebrate national championships in equestrian and in bass fishing, which is even an NCAA sanctioned team for us. It's a club team, essentially, not to say that's less important, but it's not even on the scope and scale of something like football. And we're following it and talking about it because guess what? It's part of the Auburn experience. Let me just run through these really briefly. It is nearly officially the start of the fall sports season because we've had preseason events. Women's basketball has been very successful over there in Europe with their tour over there. They've got one more game left. They are undefeated at this point. Uh, They'll be playing. I think it's essentially the France all-stars in this last game, which could be quite a challenge if it correlates to the men's basketball structure of how, Right. The opponents that they played soccer has uh, tied two of their exhibition games and now will play their first game uh, this Thursday. Speaking of things starting school is starting this week, Austin. So move in day. One of the things I got to see when I was on campus this weekend was just the sheer crowds there for fan day, but specifically for move in day. Do you have fond recollections of moving in and the excitement of that day? Yeah, no, I actually was looking at pictures today because I moved in today, nine years ago. Like to the date you were moving in. To the day. This day I was spending, as of this hour, I was in my dorm room preparing for my first night away from home in Eagle. Don't know what it's called now, but they changed the name. Eagle Hall. Had a great, we'll have to talk about that another time, but I had the handicap room. Nobody, like they, they didn't have any other. So I had a great view of the the stadium and it was great but yeah nine years ago today i moved into auburn university's campus well i moved in whatever day it was i can't remember but i just remember the sheer excitement that i had that i was finally here in what i always felt like was home so much so that i literally just sat in my my apartment that night because i didn't know what to do with myself i was like i waited so long to get here the excitement of the moving day (laughs) and now i'm here i'm a tiger like i'm i am living the dream and uh, didn't know what to do with myself, frankly. So excited for everybody who is now beginning their Auburn right. experience as a student. Uh, lastly, let's hit this thing because uh, I do want to mention it. Megan Schofield, as we speak right now, I don't know if it's going over in tomorrow or if they're finishing it up tonight. Uh, an Auburn golfer is competing in the Women's U.S. Amateurs Championship right now. And last we checked, as of talking about it at this moment, she was in the lead. So we could have yet another exciting thing to be talking about in the Auburn experience. It's not often you and I get to talk about golf. So hopefully when we get back together, we'll talk about maybe, uh, you know, her winning this event. Absolutely. That'd be super exciting. And another area where Auburn's on the stage front and center. Uh, that's always a good thing. Yes, it is definitely one of those opportunities where we can celebrate the whole of the Auburn experience, as we love to say here. I think that's going to do it for Auburn Potpourri. That was a lot to squeeze in there, and we didn't even really get all the things that we needed to discuss. 
but uh, that'll have to do for this week. Coming up for you, we've got a little bit of fall camp discussion. Right after that, we're going to talk about fan day and everything that I experienced when I came there for that event in our big two segments of this episode of the Auburn Experience. Let's talk about fall camp. It is what consumes us all uh, this time of year because we have been waiting to just talk about things since the summer began. And we are now about two, barely two weeks in. Technically, we started on a Thursday with practices, so it's really only a week and a half, but we'll just call it week two. A lot happened in week two in terms of new things to discuss we start kind of getting some insights maybe into how things are going. There's definitely an update we can talk about with Jarquez quarterback race, maybe how some positions are filling out or just maybe what our kind of guts telling us about this. So let's take a few minutes, Austin, and talk about what we have been hearing, what we have been maybe seeing about week two practice for Auburn fall camp. So I'll give you the floor first, sir. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Jarquez Hunter back. I think that's big news as we've talked about before. Um, but I think everyone was looking forward to this scrimmage this past weekend uh, yep. or this yesterday, I guess. Um, and and kind of what that would tell about the quarterback race, what that would tell about uh, how the defense is doing, how the offensive line's doing, all the things. Uh, I think that the thing that surprised me the most is from what it sounded like, the all the running backs had a good day. You know, we we've all been, you know, consumed with Jarquez Hunter. Is he going to be back? Is he going to be suspended for some kind of amount of game time? What is that quarterback or running back room, excuse me, going to look like when it gets down to the season? And I think you have to walk away after some confidence. I know it's scrimmage, but after some confidence with Damari Austin having supposedly a good day with some good runs, uh, Brian Batty, uh, we're going to figure that out one day. Body, Brian body, Batty, body. body, thank you. Like body, get a body. Well, body. not quite, but close enough. Well, I'll give but, it to you. If that's what gets you there, I'll give it to you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Don't, don't mess with the mojo. <laughs> Brian Body seemingly having a good day. And so I think you have to feel a little reassured that obviously we want Dark West Hunter. He is an elite yeah. talent at a top of the conference talent that we want on the football field playing for us. But I was a little more reassured after seeing some of the notes about how well the running backs did. Yeah, and just on that note, obviously he made his return this week. Um, to practice, which was a big deal at that point when that all started happening. You know, there's not been a lot of overly done commentary from coaches or players. Most of the time that they've had the opportunity to be asked or talked about it, you know, they're just saying thankful he's back and he's such a great player. You, well, I did love the comment by Tate Johnson in one of his interviews. He said, uh, "If you or was it him or I may be misquoting, I think it was Tate Johnson. Either way, it was one of the players said, you go play pickup basketball, you're going to want Michael Jordan out there or if Michael Jordan's out there, you're going to pick him up. And so kind of equating that, look, we know that Jarquez is this great talent and we need him out there, but we've also got some great other players at that position and beyond that are going to make this team successful. I think you broke that down very beautifully there. Running back room is just solid, but I, you know, I've been talking about this personally. I know you have two others have how strong this running back room is as a whole. And yes, does it suck if you lose one of those guys from that unit? We don't, know that that's going to happen at this point he only missed a few days of practice you know this is a room that's full of talent variety of guys who did different things well i think we can be very talented in the running game especially especially if that offensive line is a much better unit this year right any any feelings 
from what you've been seeing hearing about offensive line play is that more encouraging I, I'm encouraged because of the learning experience that's there but I'm also encouraged because of the transfer that have come in but as I think you and I have talked about I know privately but also on the show before that unit has to work as one, right? And so it's all about how well they're working together, getting to know each other and figuring out the five that you need. They're going to be your core starter guys that can, you know, pave the way for whatever you want to do on offense. Um, so I, I'm encouraged. I think that that's going well. It's not, you know, I think I would have said last year and even probably the year before, maybe the year before that, that it was my number one concern going into the season. Right. Uh, I don't I don't feel that's the case right now. Um, and so I'm hoping that I'm right about that, but we'll have to see. I mean, I mean, I think we've felt good about offensive lines in the past and sometimes they just get out there and it doesn't work. But yeah. that has to work and that has to be, you know, option A for this Auburn offense to get where it wants to go. Let's talk about what everybody wants to discuss. They're screaming at us for not talking about it yet. The kickers, the kickers. The kickers, that's, that's it. How great is Alex McPherson? How great is the Wanda from Down Under, Oscar Chapman? Uh, by the way, at Fan Day, I know we keep referencing we're going to talk about it. We are. Um, Reed Hughes did a running with Reed. I, I guess hasn't oh. come out yet, but I, I literally like thought for a second he was about to did run you over fan and stick. Girl? I, well, I just thought like he came running in my direction, but he was going somewhere else. I thought he was about to stick it in front of my face. I was like, <laughs> well, that's awkward, you know? So I don't want to be on running with Reed, but it didn't happen. So I am still, you I'm know, sorry. always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Uh, what a weird saying for me. So where was I going with that? Honestly, I can't even, <laughs> we were going to the quarterback race and we ended with you being a bridesmaid, but we'll go to the quarterback race first. This, is, this podcast has gone some places. Man. We, we um, are, we are way out. It's there. the heat. It's the heat. Okay. Quarterback race. Obviously uh, when we started fall camp, we got the idea from coach, uh, Hugh Freeze, that there might be some, at least something to talk about after the first scrimmage, maybe a pairing down to two of the main three in the race. Coach Hugh Freeze, after the scrimmage, did say that he came in to that practice with a possibility of having it narrowed down. Now, I don't know exactly, and you and I were discussing this pre-show, whether he meant down to two or down to one, but what he did say is, post-practice post that scrimmage that completely changed so interpret that how you will for you the listener the viewer what do you interpret into that post scrimmage austin yeah i, I was going to go ahead and find the exact quote but yes he said yesterday speaking yesterday on saturday he's talking about friday yeah. yesterday i had my mind made up and after today the scrimmage i need to watch the film before i say uh like you said not really sure was that QB1, or was it narrowing it down like he's been referring he would like to have um, here with a couple more weeks to go? Uh, I think I'm of the opinion he was talking about narrowing it down. Um, so to me, that says that all three had a decently good day mm -hmm. and that, you know, I think a lot of us have been thinking that this is going to be narrowed down to Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. So to me, Kyle, it sounds like Holden Gurner is playing well enough to not at least be narrowed down to two of any of them and so um i think that you have to be reassured by that it doesn't to me it doesn't give off the vibe that this is no one stepping up and no one's playing well enough that we're all still just at the bottom we're, all, we're no one's really running with it 
it feels like they're all kind of evenly working up right now. Maybe not as fast as we'd like, but working up together right. um, to where no one's pulling apart and, and just blowing everybody away. Um, so I think that's good. I'm really leaned one way or another about which quarterback I'm hopeful or obviously the cliche answers. I just want the one that's going to help Auburn win. Um, I think that that's what anyone would tell you. Nope. Don't want that at all. I want the worst one out there. In fact, <laughs> why don't they throw me out there just so that we can say that, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> I, what a site that would be. What a podcast oh, that would be to run back li- live pocket. from, from the pocket behind uh, who's going to be the center Avery Jones, I guess. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I th- this has carried on a little while. I think it is going to narrow down. I'm not really sure if, well, he said that he was ready to come in and, and say something. So I guess he might narrow it down publicly. Um, maybe by the I don't time you're listening. Maybe so. But what are, what are your thoughts on it, Kyle, as far as what he was meaning, where it's headed, where we're at right now? I think it's easy to make the case that Holden is the one that's made this harder to make a decision on. I think that's the easy case to make. And sometimes the path, path of least resistance is the correct path. Sometimes. Now it could have been the reverse of that. It could have been Holden and Robbie and maybe Peyton kind of all of a sudden, you know, woke up. He is by the way, still the newest guy in the quarterback room. There has had a lot more to catch up on. He's been a very diligent student of this offense as coach freeze has talked about a lot and uh, his offensive coordinator. So to me, I'm going to lean that way that Holden is the one that has made this really, really interesting. You've got to be encouraged by that. Similar to what we were talking about with the running back room where everybody's focused on this one guy, maybe two guys in this case, you forget that you might actually have a lot more op- options than you actually thought you did. So that's what I interpret into it. Hopefully by the time you're listening, maybe even or if you've gone back and watched the replay on this, you might even know the answer, whether that's a pairing down to two or maybe naming someone. Um, I love that it's, t- I kind of like that it's taken this long for frankly. Yeah. I, I think my thing that I've seen a lot of that, whether people have a particular, um, what's the word leaning, leaning, thank you that they would like it to go is that, you know, which in true Auburn fandom fashion, of course, the dramatics are on either side, but if it's not Thorne, then, oh, my goodness, why do we bring him in? If it's Robbie, it's, oh, my gosh, we're only going off of what we saw last year. And, you know, Kyle, no one can improve ever. It's ever. Exactly how no you one are can forever ever and grow. ever and ever. Yep. No. You, uh, once you throw one ball the one way, it's like that forever. Um, you know, I think that that's something that we all just have to really, which is hard for us as Auburn fans, I recognize, to take the coaches at what they say. And to take the coaches at what they believe, I don't think they're actively trying to lose. Sometimes, on the contrary, that seems different. But (laughs) I think that when we look at if it is Robbie, which I feel like that's where I see the most um, rising up or or anger is like, oh, my gosh, if it's Robbie, all right, immediate five and seven. We we all talked about what Robbie could be when Hugh Freeze was hired. It's like, okay, Robbie's kind of the raw athlete he's worked with before. So if it's him or if it's Holden, or if it's Peyton Thorne, I think we can be assured that this is the right guy for the job. And and I don't think Coach Freeze has really ever said that it it will be one guy the whole way. He's yeah. We talked about it last week. He's making sure that this, you know, whoever is quarterback one, it might not be a bona fide starter going forward. We got to evaluate it throughout the year. So we're it's a long road. It's going to be a long road, but yeah, certainly an interesting development. 
And kind of just some final thoughts on practice. Uh, as you can imagine, we've talked and joked about the heat and uh, the weather and stuff that's wrecked habit with practice schedule. But even just beyond the uh, heat, we've reached that point in fall practice where the bumps and the bruises are starting to bank, you know, rise up on some some players and there's been some people that have been limited i don't have that full list in front of me he talked about a few of them the day nothing sounds like it's super major but some of the things that you typically hear someone's been very limited because they had this issue right. and things like that and uh, he said the heat has really affected the players but they're going to be playing in it so obviously you got to get them used to it and i appreciate that they're doing their best to prepare them for the elements that will be jordan hair at 2 30 kickoff <laughs> on a saturday September 3rd, which is not the fall, Austin, as we discussed. September? We don't have that conversation. (laughs) You almost opened that box up there. I almost did. For another clip for this week. Either way, uh, that's our little summary of what's been going on in fall camp. Obviously, we'll probably have some more discussions to talk about next week as we get closer and closer to the season. Fan day. Not only was it fan day, it was a great day to be in Auburn, although it was very warm, as we've said ad nauseum already. Um, I had a great day there, very quick trip for myself. Went down um, late morning here, got there about an, you know, about lunchtime and uh, stopped in to kind of see the sights. Obviously got to go see Sanford Hall and hear the bells mm. chime and walk mm. around downtown. Big busy day, moving day, as we talked about in the Auburn Potpourri segment of this episode. Um, I'll come back to maybe some other experiences that I had on the tail end of this, since it's kind of a, like, here's what we saw and what we kind of experienced when we were in Auburn. Let's talk about fan day. I was there. You were not there, but you obviously could follow what was going on in social media. The big thing that you and I discussed previously is how great it's back to its original format, the autograph signing. Um, you know, while I did see some merit in doing the whole open practice thing, it never felt like a true fan day, more just to come and see the team, you know, do their warm ups and a few drills and things like that, yep. maybe a halfway scrimmage kind of thing. While that's cool, people know this concept of fan day. So I know you were excited as well to see that kind of come back. Yeah. And, it, and you know, I'm already getting that feeling like we're less than three weeks at, at this recording of until the season. Um, but fan day is one of those things that in the past historically has been like, okay, we're really almost there. Like we're knocking down the door on especially the fall semester, but football season. Uh, and so I was happy to see it back at its format. If for nothing else, which we're going to keep talking about the heat and I just, I'm sorry if that's repetitive, if nothing (laughs) else than to get indoors and get in there and just sign some autographs and not stay outside. Yes. And can I just tell you folks that, uh, that AC in that practice facility, the former practice facility is beautiful. Like especially on that day. So, uh, let me give you kind of the layout about how this was for those of you that weren't able to go. Hopefully actually by this time you're, uh, maybe by the time you're, well, it'll probably be a day or so after you're hearing and watching this, depending on when you found this episode, I'll have a video of of our highlights from uh, me being there and you can kind of see what it, was like what the experience was like outdoor area for uh some kids to have some fun and some inflatables and stuff it's the typical ones you usually see at these type of events now surprisingly at the end of the event wow was that field just covered up with kids running around i'm like how are they not passing out (laughs) just having a ball out there and you can think about how awesome that is for kids to just go out and run around on a practice field you know 
Okay, so this was the outdoor practice field where they had those. I'm trying to envision. So the old practice facility with the indoor and then the outdoor next to it, you know, and Correct. The, the field house is in between, is uh, on the other side. So uh, outdoor field, indoor field, and then the field house, which has got some other equipment and stuff in the there. The kids were running around outside. Yeah, outside. that's where the inflatables were and all that gotcha. kind of stuff. Uh, not at the beginning. Everybody was rushing to their autographs, as you might imagine. Mm. Uh, it was, you know, very uh busy uh they did the first hour and this was a little bit controversial i think for some people not well maybe not controversial not the right word but normally the whole event's two hours at least i remember it that way in the past it's been a while since they actually did it this way first hour now is on to victory folks and boy was it already packed when um people got there i came in with the general public what does that uh, mean? On to victory, folks. On to victory, folks got to go in an hour early to get oh, an autograph. Like, I'm like sorry. If you're a you're yes. a paying subscriber. Yes, you got in, oh. and so you needed to be in there because if you were trying to get in Hugh Freeze's line, boy, were you going to be waiting in the line? It's always the longest line, but sure. And he was moving fast, being very nice and very cordial with everybody because I kind of went off the side just to kind of see how everything was running and things like that, signing the photos and getting up and taking pictures and things like that. Uh, they had everybody divided into groups. Uh, actually, there was no like singular quarterbacks area, but it was like quarterback special teams and tight ends or something like that. Then it was like defensive backs were one because they're such a large group. Wide receivers were their own thing. So on and so forth. You go around and get in line and these little stanchions and get everybody to go down a line and sign your autographs. Sure. Pro, pro tip for everybody. If you want to ensure that you get everybody that's available to get autographs, you need to get there early because I did notice that because of certain obligations, certain players did have to leave the tables early. And so I don't want mm. somebody to go planning to get the entire wide receiver core and someone had to step away for whatever reason. You know, there's just obviously there's reasons. It's a long time. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a long time. So what I don't want people um, to walk away from is being disappointed about uh, their experience there. Uh, Obviously, the cheerleaders, the Tiger Paws were there for a pep rally. The Raptors were there. Good old Abby was there just having having a ball. So everything that you would expect, um, it went off great, managed very well. Just Good. very, very busy. What are some things that maybe you saw following on social media? And I can kind of share any other experiences I had too. Sure. I, I saw some pictures, um, obviously, from the E2C Network account of, of how it was kind of laid out. Saw some pictures people posted of their own pictures with players or pictures with the Raptors. And I did see lots of people talking about Coach Freeze's line. Uh, yes. And uh, so what can you give me any kind of estimation of a number – at its peak or at its height? I think someone said at one point they had been in the line about 45 minutes. Um, Yeah, it was, it was pretty long. Now I think that was probably right when the general public collided with the onto victory people who were already in line. Um, Because like I said, this, this was very well managed very proficient getting people and and also not like get out of the, you know, get your thing, get out of the line. It was, you know, they took their time as much as they could coach you freeze, obviously taking pictures with folks. Um, So that was managed well, but boy, you needed to be there. (laughs) Was this like a line, like 
from Coach Freeze's table straight back? No, all stanchions wrapping back and forth. Uh, and okay. they would move the stanchions as they needed to, either forward or back to accommodate all of that's going on. What I always love at these events is the other personalities from Auburn that are there to hang out. Yeah. Uh, Jason Campbell was just walking around. Our new, uh, 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 our commentator with Andy Burcham, just obviously, and obviously Auburn great, walking around, hanging out with people, taking autographs. And it's nice to see it, that. I think to me, seeing the Jason Campbells at these events, even though now he's kind of obligated to be because he's part of the radio team. Sure. It's, it's such a cool thing because that's my childhood, you know, to see them just being part of the family and not just an athlete that went here at one time. So, you know, that was cool. I saw running with a uh, Reed, uh, Reed Hughes, who's been doing all the social media videos, go running around to different people and, and getting a clip. So we'll, we'll watch that when it comes out. Uh, a while here. Apparently coach you free stayed late as well for people. So that tells you how long well, the line uh, continued to be. Um, did you have something? I have you... two questions for yeah. you. One, did you see Cadillac and did you fangirl? I did not see Caddy. Uh, no. I'm, I'm glad you're just now realizing that we might've had a security issue. I, I feel like a failure. I That's really, okay. feel... what I'm sure he had I... some other things to do. And... I need to go apologize to his signed picture over there. My goodness. Uh, you do. My second question is, was there anything absolutely, uh, I don't want to say crazy, but out there that someone wanted signed was so there a the... unique item. There's a great, that's a great question. Cause I should have paid attention to more of these things. And I think my hesitation with this year of not doing some of those nuanced things, cause I didn't know if this was going to be the event that we always knew it was going to be. So I just kind of went uh-huh. in blind, but next year, maybe I will remember to look for those crazy things. Someone okay. had like this circular, it almost looked like a wall plaque that they were getting players to sign, but Interesting. it looked almost like a coat of arms or something oh. like that, but it was circular. I, I don't know. That was the main thing. I saw some helmets. I saw football, obviously the posters. Sure. Um, yeah. That's, that's the main, some t-shirts I'm sure and hats were getting signed, but that like wall plaque, uh, you know, was the big, we didn't see any tide boxes getting, you know, signed like it's another event. Not. Uh, the running of the Bubba's, as we call that. This is definitely a little <laughs> bit more high class event than uh, over there in Tuscaloosa, where you know uh, they only run about as fast as how many teeth they have left in their mouth towards their 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 Lord and Savior Nick Saban. <laughs> I know that was probably a step too far, there, but I said it, and this has been a crazy episode anyway. We are uh, we're cutting it close here. I think on our time, we are, we are. So. All in all, great event. I will say, I wanted to say this just because of the day it was. If you've not been to Little Italy lately, I went to Little Italy there while I was go. there. Man, boy, is that some good pizza and a nice <laughs> little place. So, and lastly, I did happen to photobomb, unfortunately, or video bomb, I think, someone's engagement on Sanford Law. Oh, no. If you go and look at the E2C Network account and see the chiming video, you probably can't see them, but just know there's something happening very close to me, and I didn't realize it until it was too late. So, for this, any pictures of this engagement yet to see if your E2C Network shirt is in between this man and his fiance? If I hadn't been so embarrassed, I would have gone to ask if I could like take their picture and share because this is cool. It's the cool moment of the Auburn experience. It's very cool, but. Yeah, 
So I, I apparently felt. Oh like boy. Sorry. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Boy. I'm sorry. I did not represent us well um, in many ways. <laughs> Didn't see Cadillac. I, nothing. I'm gonna look for a picture. I'm gonna look for. I you mean, should. I'm gonna try and find us because I'm sure they love to remember the ETC network forever. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so check out for photos of that apparently, but photos and a uh, highlight reel on our YouTube channel of the Fan Day event. You'll see some uh, interesting things on there, and uh, looking forward to another Fan Day coming back in another year. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Auburn Experience Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in being with us and our crazy selves from time to time. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find me at Kyle Loomis 24 on X still weird to say it. And then you can follow E2C network anywhere, literally anywhere. It's not somewhere you want it. Let me know. I might put it there. We'll see (laughs) where can they find you. Uh, Austin G Scott on just about all the social media platforms. Kyle, I'd say this episode was a badunga dunk. I don't know how to end the episode after that. So all I'll say (laughs) is thank you guys for listening and War Eagle.